The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, chapter 26, beginning at verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to grieve and began to and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to them, So you could not stay awake with me one hour. Stay awake and pray that you might not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went for a second time and prayed, My father, if it is if this my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, then your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, <coughs> he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of, Man is, Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly one of those that was with Jesus put his hand on the sword, drew it, and stuck and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back, in its, back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen this way? At that hour, at that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I was abandoned? a bandit? Day after day I sat in the temple and, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place, so the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. There is a lot in this passage and we will reflect more on it during Holy Week. But in terms of our prayer, praise and proclamation service, there are some things we can draw on as we go through Lent and prepare for Holy Week. During any time of trouble, we can see that prayer is the best practical remedy that, can that we can use to engage God in our situation. We see that Christ himself prayed and as disciples of Christ, 
we must know that this is a reliable form of communication with our Lord God. Trouble is a cup that we all must drink in this world. As Job 5 verse 7 states, we are born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. We cannot avoid it. There are so many ways that trouble can come into our life. Our bodies, our minds, our family, our businesses, our friends and all do- are all doors through which trials will come in and test our resolve and ability to remain faithful to Christ. And whenever trouble comes, the first thing that must be done is we must pray. Like Job, we must fall down and worship. Like Hezekiah, we must spread out our matters before the Lord. The first person we must turn to for help must be our God. We must tell all our sorrows to our Father in heaven. Sometimes we might think that we, that we, who we, sometimes we might think, who are we to be heard by the Lord of the universe? Yet there is nothing too trivial or minute for our Lord God to hear when we do it with our entire submission to his will. It is this mark of faith to keep nothing back from Jesus when the disciples were sent out to preach and teach while Jesus was on earth. They came back to share all the things that went well and all the things that didn't go so well. All that is not going so well is part of Jesus' concern and we must remain faithful to him and faithfully share that with him. All that we do, of course, is exercising our discipleship so that we live in a space of entire submission to the will of God. And during this time of Lent, we will be considering how far we have strayed from this chief chief aim of discipleship. Jesus says, not as I will, but as you will. He says again, May your will be done. A will unsanctified and uncontrolled is one that causes great unhappiness and causes a life of unhappiness. We all like our own way. We wish and want many things even though we know or can't see that we are entirely ignorant of what is good for what is for our good and indeed unfit to choose for ourselves. From our gospel reading in the morning service, how would we know if we are born again and growing in grace? Can we bear disappointment? Can we we put up patiently with unexpected trials and irritations? Can we see our pet plans and schemes that we desire to prosper crossed without murmuring and complaint? Can we sit still and suffer calmly as we go up and down and work actively. How you answer these questions tells a lot. Do you answer it with your own mind or do you answer it with the mind of Christ and the perspective of God? We must remember that the warm and fuzzy feelings that we want and as well as the way we frame things in a joyful sense are not the truest evidence of grace. A fortified will is is a far more valuable possession 
even if our Lord himself did not always rejoice. But he could always say, may your will be done. As we look at our prayer and obedience to God, the main lens we use is that of Lent. And we recognise that there is great weakness, even in the truest of disciples. And we need to watch and pray against all the distractions that can come. We see Peter, James and John, those three chosen apostles, sleeping when they ought to have been watching and praying. Jesus shares a very solemn thought. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. As disciples of Jesus, we live in this dual existence. As converted, renewed and sanctified people, we have a relationship with God through baptism in water and spirit. However, on the other side, we have a primary urge to seek the fruits of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil before we turn to God. Our sanctified spirit lives in our body of sin. We see this in all the lives of the saints throughout the ages. They find within themselves two contrary principles and live a fused and conflictual life as a result of it. Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But he does not excuse the weaknesses of his disciples. He uses that very weakness they display as an argument for watchfulness and prayer. He teaches us that the very fact that we are sinners should stir us up continually to watch and pray. If we desire to walk with God comfortably and not fall like David or Peter or any of the other great saints, then we must never forget to watch and pray. Let us live our lives on guard as we are on the planet to which demons abound. We cannot walk too carefully. We cannot be too jealous over our souls. The world is very ensnaring. The devil is busy. Let our Lord's words continually ring in our ears like a trumpet. Our spirits may sometimes be willing, but our flesh is weak. Then let us always watch and always pray, praise and proclaim that the Lord is the God above all gods and that Jesus, the Son of God, is the Saviour who will bring us home to heaven. The Lord be with you.